Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together and give Jesus some praise. God is good. Amen. Amen. You can do better than that. It's a new year. Open up your mouth. Give God some praise. Amen. Amen. Before you take your seat, would you turn around to someone and say, you look good this morning. <laughs> Find someone, tell them you look good. You know, new things always come with a nice new smell, right? When you open up a box and get something new, there's a brand new smell. You ever get a new car, you get a new car. There's even no, an air freshener now you could buy that's called brand new car smell. You, know, you can put that in your car if your car's old and get a brand new smell. And we love the, the smell and the, you know, the novelty of getting something new. I remember lots of times when I get things, open it up, it's always new, it's, it's great. You treat it good for a couple of weeks and then you throw it aside <laughs> like every human being, you know. It's great when you get new things, but... I'm so glad that we're in the house of God this morning to give God praise because that's the most important thing. You know, God gives us a brand new day every single day. His mercies are new each and every day. You know, yes, we have a new year and we have a brand new page to write a new chapter of our lives. And we can, it's a blank page and you can write whatever you want in this new chapter called 2020. But I'm glad that God does not count my yesterdays into my tomorrows that he washes me clean, he washes you clean, that he doesn't bring our past mistakes into our future. Because when we come to him, he's able to give us a fresh new thought, a fresh new vision, a fresh new anointing. Amen? Amen. So before we get into our word, let's pray. Would you just grab someone's hand sitting next to you? Because we want to go into this new year together. Amen? Amen? In spirit of unity and togetherness. So let's pray one for another this morning. Father, we thank you this morning. We honor you and we bless you. We praise you and we worship you. We ask, oh God, that you continue to move in this place. Touch every heart, touch every life. Continue to bring your refreshing spirit, Father, Lord God. In your word, you talk about the river of God. And wherever the river flows, it brings life and healing. And so, Lord God, bring your, your mighty river. Let there be a floodgates of open right now. And pour out your anointing. Pour out your presence. Pour out your grace. Pour out your joy over our lives, oh God. As we uplift you this morning, Father. As we raise our hands and our hearts and our lives to you. Father, would you come and just fill this place with your anointing. Touch every life and every family, every, every relative that's not even here, even those of us that are not here this morning on holidays and far away. Lord, we pray for them that you would touch them and refresh them and bring us through. Lord, we thank you again for the rain, Lord God. It's the rain of the Holy Spirit that has rained down upon us this morning. It's a fresh reminder, Lord God, in the midst of dire situations, your grace is still present. And so we thank you, Lord God, that the rain comes as healing and refreshing and alleviating all of the fires that are going on in our country and in our, in our land. Oh God, we pray for those volunteers that Anna prayed this morning that are fighting and all of those that have lost houses and homes and even those that have lost lives this morning. We pray, Father Lord God, that you would touch them and comfort them. And Lord, as we get into your word this morning, we pray, Lord God, that you would pour out that, that anointing over our lives, that we can walk away from today getting a fresh, new, clear vision for what you have for us as we move forward into the place that you have designed for us. We thank you, we honor you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Would you put your hands together and give him some praise? God is good. Amen. Amen. So, you know, we were looking at vision and last, uh, last Sunday, Vanessa was singing and uh, she called me during the week and I was like, Vanessa, you stole what I wanted to say <laughs> because she, she was talking about 2020 vision, you know, and it's interesting because when you look at it into the natural, when you look at it, what it says in the natural, you know, when you go to an optometrist, they, they actually examine your eyes. They tell you that vision is important. Everyone needs vision, right? And when you actually don't have the ability to see, you're classified as someone that's not normal. You usually say you're, you know, you have a disability because you're not functioning in the capacity that everyone else is or the majority of the world. You need special help, you need special equipment, you, you need extra you know, things in your life to help you navigate the world that should have been normal. Because the, world is, the, the reality is that this world is designed for people that have vision. And it's difficult for people that don't go through, uh, go through life without having normal eyesight. And my heart goes out to them because, you know, I, I always thank God that I'm able to see. And I, I can't even begin to imagine what it's like to live in a world that's completely dark. And never have that ability to see colors and the beauty of creation. And that really breaks my heart. But it also gives us insight because it's not just about seeing in the natural, but you have to see in the spirit as well. And sometimes, those of us that have eyesight, we often think we can see, but the scriptures remind us, especially in Revelation, it says, you that have eyes, truly see. You have ears, truly hear. So we know that he's not talking just about physical eyesight. There's something beyond seeing with the natural. There's something beyond what we are able to physically see. There's a greater depth. There's a greater nuance. There's, there's something more beyond that we might have natural eyesight, but God's imploring us to look into something deeper, look into something beyond. I was looking at what 2020 vision actually means, and vision Visual acuity is actually measured by something called a senile chart. And normal vision, as you probably know, if you've been to the optometrist, and this year I was having difficulty reading stuff, and uh, you know, Mark came later and said to me, you know, he, he quoted the thing from, uh, what was it, oh, the, the says you should have gone to Specsavers. <laughs> He's like, because nowadays when I'm trying to read, I have to get the extra large print. <laughs> it's not the way it was when I was in my 20s. It's like I'm struggling to read letters as normal. So it looks like I need to go see my, it might not be, I might not have 2020 vision anymore. And what 2020 vision is that is a subject they say can see letters up to 20 feet. All right. You can see 20 feet, you can read, and if you've been to that chart in olden days, they asked you to look at numbers and letters and read what it is. Nowadays, they have you know, some technical stuff they look into your eye and examine, but you're supposed to be able to see a certain distance and identify objects or letters. That's how they test. And the normal person, or what's defined as a normalcy, is that you're able to see 20 feet and define what it is. And I was thinking about that, that we look and we see and we're able to discern and we're able to look and by the shape of things, we're able to understand what that means. But 2020 vision is not always the same. Because here's another thing, 
what we have to understand, what they're talking about is if you're standing on a level playing field of your level plane and you look out, you're supposed to be able to see 20 feet. But here's the thing that's interesting that I found really fascinating, that sometimes altitude determines your length of vision. The higher you are, the further you can see. Did you realize that? If you're looking on a normal road, you might be able to see a certain level. But if you get up on a hill, you can actually see further away. Right? You with me this morning? Depends on how high you are, you're able to see further away. Your, so therefore, your altitude determines your, further, your vision that you can see further. Do you want to see further away? Do you want to see what God is going to do in your future? What God is going to do in your life? You have to get into God. How do you get into God? You get higher into Him. What's important, and I love what you know, the MCs do in the morning. They encourage us to come to prayer. Prayer is important. How do we gain altitude in God? We pray. Because with the eyes of God, we're able to see. How do we get higher in God? We get into the Word of God. How do we get higher in God? When it comes time to worship, we lift our hands, open up our mouths, and give God praise. All of, these, all of these things that we do are not just because we don't have anything better to do, but it actually helps elevate us into God. And so your vision, your altitude is determined upon whether you want to elevate yourself into God. And the way to elevate yourself into God is getting into the Word, getting into prayer, and getting into worship. And if you want to set your vision for 2020, if you want to have the clarity of vision that God promises us that you want to see, then you need to elevate because you don't want to just see 20 yards or 20 feet. You want to see further away. That's my desire. I want to see further away than 20 feet. Is that your desire? And so when you hear worship, we need to gather together and we need to give God praise. Don't be so cute with it. Now, sometimes we get in our nice dresses and I said, you look good this morning and you do. Sometimes we get together, you know, we put on our makeup, we put on our ties, we put on our suits and we want to get cute when it comes to worship. We're like, you know, I'm just going to lift one hand because I don't want anyone else to, you know, dishevel my clothes. I don't want to let my makeup down because, you know, I feel emotional, but my mascara is perfect and I don't want to let it down and all these things. You need to forget about all the stuff because if you want to elevate in God you don't care who's around you you care who's in front of you and that's who God is looking for he's looking for those that desire him what do we desire more than anything in 2020 do we desire a new house do we desire a new car do we desire a bigger bank account do we desire things that are material or we do, do, do we desire a greater connection with the Holy Spirit? In order to get to that place, we need to be able to elevate ourselves. And the way we elevate ourselves is our altitude. Our altitude determines how far you see. And when you get higher your problems actually become smaller. Right? When you get high, your problems become smaller because they no longer seem as huge. They no longer seem as gigantic or Herculean when you're actually way higher in it. 
Because when you put your eyes on God, a God who's able to help you through your problems, a God who has never been defeated, a God who's able to overcome every obstacle, a God who's able to help you through every circumstance, you're not going to worry about the circumstance because you realize that the God who's able to overcome every circumstance is with you. And that's what's important. Prayer takes us higher. Worship takes us higher. The Word takes us higher. And I want to share with you this morning an important scripture that Paul actually begins to write. And he writes this to a church that is actually under enormous persecution. They are under pressure. And Paul has actually planted this church and helped start this church in Philippi. You can read about it in Acts chapter 16. It's actually a colony. Some of them are a colony of Roman soldiers that have retired. And there's other people that have come and gathered. And the Philippians became Paul's friends and supporters in his life. And when they heard that Paul was in a Roman prison, they actually supported him. So when Paul writes this letter, he's not writing this letter as a free man. He's writing this letter as a prisoner. And a Roman guard, locked down, not free to do what he is able to do like you and me. He can't go where he wants. He can't do what he wants. He's under Roman guard. He's under house arrest. He is actually jailed. And he writes these words to the church to encourage them. And Paul knows that they were experiencing a lot of opposition. He writes this little church, you know, and he encourages them to respond to hardship with joy. He encouraged them to to understand that life is not about going from one thrill to another. It's not about the accumulation of things that make you temporarily feel good. But greater joy comes from knowing whose you are and who is in you and who are you serving. That's what he wants to remind us. And he writes to them, and and we're not going to read the whole chapter, but I want to touch some key verses here in Philippians chapter 3. He says these poignant words that I think are so relevant to us today. He says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold. Right? He's talking about seeking God. He says, I haven't taken hold of God yet. As high as Paul was in God, and you know, he went to the third heaven. If you read the scriptures, he was that deep in God that some of the things that Paul says, Peter actually says are hard to understand because the depth and intimacy of Paul's knowledge is beyond what we can understand. And, you know, Paul says, in another place, he says, I'm, I'm writing to you with something that is about a milk level, which means that Paul had a deeper revelation that he didn't write, that we don't even have, because he wasn't, he said, you're not able to receive this deep revelation. I'm just sliding on this level. So imagine if we had the deep thoughts of Paul. How amazing that would be. Because we struggle to understand some of the things he says now. And he says, this is just baby level. This is just milk level. But this is what he says. He writes and he says in verse 13 of chapter 3. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have t- taken hold. But, everyone say but. but. One thing I do. And let's this, let's this be a lesson to us. Let's this be a resonating thought that goes to us. He says, this is the one thing that Paul does. Let this be something, this is the one thing that we do this year. Are we in agreement? Yes. Can we do what Paul says? The one thing I do. He says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Yes. Right? 
forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I want you to listen carefully to what Paul is saying. He says, I'm forgetting about what is behind me and I'm straining forward. It's not just walking forward. It's not just taking a casual you know, walk in the park. He's actually straining forward. Have you been straining? You ever you know, did an exercise where they put weights behind you and you have to pull it? Or you have to do weights, you have to push it? It's not easy sometimes. You, know, you might start with some easy weights, but then there's a strain required. And what the strain is actually doing is giving you resistance to make you stronger. So he says, I'm straining forward towards what is ahead. I'm straining, I'm pushing forward. I'm not allowing the things in the past to hold me down. They might be weighing me, they might be holding me, but I'm pushing forward. I'm not letting the things hold me down. I'm actually moving forward into what God has called me to do. And then he furthers that, he says, I press on. Not just I'm straining forward, but I press on towards what? The goal. God has given us a goal. As a corporate body, as individual people, every single one of us have been given a goal by God. He formed you because He had a purpose for you. And I remind people this constantly, that you have to understand that God created purpose and then created you. He didn't create you and then gave you purpose. He created purpose first and then created you to fulfill purpose. And if you think that somehow you arrived by accident, you didn't arrive by accident. God had a purpose for your life and therefore you came into creation. You came into being because God had something for you. You look at the Psalms, he says, I was wonderfully created. I was marvelously created. Before one of my days were written in your book, all of them, you know, before one of my days came to pass, all of them were written in your book. Which means that God had planned out. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says what? I know the thoughts, the plans that I have for you. God has thoughts towards you. God said plans towards you. You know, there's an accident. And so Paul reminds us, he says, no matter what we're going through, I understand you're an oppression. I understand you're going through persecution. I understand you're going through a hard time, church. But I want you to understand that you need to push forward because there's a goal in mind. You can't forget about where you're heading because if you're going to be distracted by the things behind you, you're never going to achieve what's in front of you. You're never going to get to the place that you're supposed to get. You're never going to achieve that goal. You're never going to get any success in life because you're fixated on what's pulling you back rather than what's taking you ahead. And so I want to leave these three thoughts with you. He says, number one, forgetting what is behind. Now, by any sense of the imagination, as human beings, we have trouble forgetting things. Right? You can remember someone in high school or when you were a kid that hurt you right now. Say that you remember, yeah, that kid did something to me. You remember that, right? You remember the past hurts. You remember past betrayals. You remember past things that have done, been done in your life. People said things about you. People talked about you. People said evil things about you. But what Paul is trying to encourage us is this. If you hold on to what you remember, 
you'll never have an opportunity to open up your life to what God is going to do today. If you hold on to the things of yesterday, you're never going to have time for tomorrow. If you hold on to your past, you're never going to see your future. Because 2020 vision focuses us forward and not backwards. There's a reason that you have a bigger windscreen in your car than a rearview mirror. You know, your windscreen is that much bigger than your rearview mirror. Why? Because you need to see forward more than you need to see backwards. It's not that you don't need to have see backwards. Sometimes you have to keep things that are behind you in a little bit of focus. But the scale of what's behind you is minimized compared to what is be before you. We have to realize that God wants us to move into the place that he has designed us. And sometimes things want to pull us backward and distract us and pull us away. That doesn't mean we disregard the past, but we focus in on what God is doing in our today and in our tomorrow. Because if you're going to constantly look backwards, imagine if you were driving a car and your thought of driving a car is, I, I want to make sure that I keep my past in focus, so I'm just going to drive my car looking backwards. Do you think your chances of getting an accident are high? Pretty high. But if you actually drive it the way it's designed, looking forward by having a glance in your rearview mirror, you have two side mirrors, you can still focus forward and get to your destination by avoiding obstacles and the pitfalls of your past. You don't have to Hold on to what happened yesterday when God has something better for you tomorrow. Oftentimes, we hold on to things because we're afraid to let them go. And we think that's all we are actually capable of doing. But God doesn't say that. Paul doesn't say that. He says, there's a goal before you. No matter what you think you achieved in the past, there's a greater opportunity in front of you. There's a greater capacity in front of you. So not, let's not... Think about it in a way of, okay, well, what am I losing? Let's think about it in a way of, what am I gaining? Because that's the reality of what we have to understand. What do we gain in Christ? What does God have for us? What has God designed for us? What is the promise before us rather than what we've lost in the past? And I believe that in 2020, if we lean into God, as Paul says, if we press into God, if we strain forward into God, God is going to do a thing that you won't even begin to imagine the capacity and anointing and blessing that He has in store that you won't even begin to know about. Then He says, in the second part, He says, I press on. But before that, He says, I want to look towards, I want to look ahead. He says, forget what is behind. And then he says, straining towards what is ahead. So number one, forgetting what is behind. Number two, is straining towards ahead. So it's, it's a twofold thing so far. It's not just letting go of the past, but it's also pushing yourself forward. Do you know why you need to push yourself forward? Do you know why you need to push yourself into God? Because the world is designed to take you away from Him. It's filled with distraction. It's filled with things that say, you know, you need this item. You need this thing. You need this thing. You need this job. You need this level of income. You need this, you know, 
boyfriend or girlfriend, a husband or wife. And as marvelous as all of those things are, not anything's bad with them. But if we focus in on them, we actually lose focus of Him. The trouble with focusing in on an object or a person is that when they fail, you fail. When it crumbles, you crumble. But here's the amazing thing about God. When you focus in on God, no matter what crumbles around you, He does not crumble. No matter what fails around you, He cannot fail. No matter what happens elsewhere, He cannot fail. And when things around you crumble, He's actually there to help equip you to become better in the midst of that. To help you get stronger. And so we have to strain towards, we have to push into God. I remember when I was a kid, they used to give me Play-Doh. You ever had Play-Doh? All right? And you have the different colors, and sometimes they had a weird smell. And I used to take, like, my action figure men and push them into the Play-Doh, you know, to form little shapes. And pushing it in actually required some force. I didn't, if you take some Play-Doh and an action figure and throw them together, nothing happens. They just hit each other and fall down. But if you take an action figure and you actually press it in, that's when you get the actual image or the picture or the actual frame of what the action figure is. And what I'm trying to say to you is this. Just attending church is not going to change your life. Just calling yourself a Christian is not going to change your life. You have to actually press into God so much so that the image of God is shaped around you. That when you're pressed in... There's an image that's created. There's a form that's created when you press something into something else. And what God is trying to tell us to Paul is that you need to press into me. Because when you press into me, I'm going to have something that's formed around you. That's going to help sustain you in troubled times. It's interesting. That he continues on and he says, he doesn't just end with that. In, in the second part he says, press towards the goal. So let me ask you a question. What is your goal? Ever thought about it? You know, a few years back, 2020 was a big goal because, you know, the 2020 thing and 2020 goals. And it's good to have 2020 goals and all these things in your life. It's good to have all those things. And it's true. Without, they often say, if you don't know where you're going, you'll never get anywhere. Right? If you don't have a destination in view, you'll never arrive. It's absolutely true. So what do you have in mind? Sometimes we have in mind you know, financial goals as great things. And oftentimes in the New Year, we talk about New Year's resolution. Quite honestly, what's the point of talking about New Year's resolution? I was just listening to the radio the other day, last week, going home from church. And they said that January 23rd is the most depressing day of the year. And they like, I was like... Why? This was actually a Christian radio station. They were like, and they're like, why is January 23rd the most depressing day of the year? Shouldn't it be like, you know, after you finish New Year's and you have to go back to work after holiday? So they said, no, no, some scientists did a study and they said, January 23rd is the most depressing day of the year. And they asked why. You know why? Because by then, people's New Year's resolutions have failed. And they realize that they're not going to be losing the weight. They're not going to be going to the gym. They're not going to be doing all these things. And it actually becomes miserable. January 23rd, apparently, is the most miserable day of the year. Right? It's because all of, everyone on New Year's, like, I have this resolution. I have that resolution. I have all these things I want to do. But by the 23rd of January, 
23 days later, they say 90% of people fail with their New Year's resolutions. That's a huge number, right? And that's why 23rd of January is the most depressing day of the year. I'm going to say this. At Transform Church, we're never going to have a depressing day. Because God is with us and He's going to give us greater things. We're going to go from glory to glory, from height to height, from depth to depth. We're going to do amazing things in God. We don't want to focus in and put a list together and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Let it be what Paul says, this one thing that I do, I'm just going to stress, I'm going to push, I'm going to push forward into God. And when you push forward into God, everything else is just going to fall into place. So if you, when you come, if you open up your mouth and worship and not be constrained by your attitude or the people around you, if you come and listen to the word of God and apply that in your life, if you come at 9.40 and pray, you know, 15 minutes of sleep is not going to destroy your life. If you arrive 15 minutes early and I'm tell- talking to myself too, you know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, I'll just get there a bit this time. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And sometimes we think that it's not important. But prayer is the most vital thing. A Christian who doesn't pray is a Christian who doesn't breathe. And whether you take five minutes out of your day, or whether you take two hours out of your day, spend some time communicating with the Father. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is just talking to God having a conversation with God. And if you understand anything about relationships with any other human being, you build relationships through communication. No relationship is built without communication. And so it's the same thing with God. We need to build our relationship with Him through communication. And prayer, that's exactly what it is. It's just communication with God. And you could do it anywhere. You could do it in your car. You could do it in your shower. You could do it in the toilet. You can do it wherever you are. You can spend a few minutes having a conversation with God. In fact, the scriptures tell us that we should pray without ceasing. Does that mean that we abandon everything else and go live up on a mountaintop? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that whatever you're doing, wherever you are, in the midst of your difficult situations, if you get stressed at work, if you're getting under pressure at school, if you're getting a project due or university project due, spend a few minutes saying, God, come into the midst of this. It doesn't have to be a long, lengthy prayer. Oftentimes you read, you know, popcorn prayer, which is, God, help me now. (laughs) And that's sufficient sometimes. Say, God, I need your help. It's inviting Him in to whatever circumstance you're going through. I was thinking about this. You know, when, when we go on a journey, when all of us go on a journey, you ever been on a holiday or travel to another country or go home to see relatives or whatever it may be, rarely do people go, I'm going on a journey without a destination. 99% of the time, and I say 1% because some people go, I'm just going to travel the world. I'll find out where I get when I get there. But most of us plan a journey when we have a destination. The destination comes first before the actual planning of the journey, right? How many of you have said, I'm planning a journey, but I don't know where I'm going yet. I'll figure that out after I figure out the flight details. No one does that. You find a destination until you plan a journey. Right? Are you with me? Am I talking smack? No? All right. 
most of us have a destination and then we plan a journey. Paul continues in verse 15. I want you to read this with me as I bring this thought through. He says in verse 15, All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. He was talking about the preceding verse, you know, press into God, press forward towards the prize. So all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. Are we mature? Are we getting there? And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. He says there's a goal in mind, there's a destination in mind. But for some reason you might be confused along the journey, God's going to make it clear to you. That there is a destination, that there is a goal. And sometimes the journey actually messes us up. You know, the journey causes us anxiety. Sometimes when we struggle in the journey, we forget about the destination. Because the destination feels like it's so far, feels like it's so distant, feels like it's out of mind that we forget about where we're going because we're so focused on what's happening on the journey. And what Paul is trying to tell us is that don't worry how it feels like right now. I understand there's some stress. I understand there's some trauma. I understand there's some drama going on. Drama, you know, stress and drama going on in your life. But don't forget that this is just the journey. Because there's a goal in mind. Don't confuse the journey with the destination. When I was traveling recently to the Philippines, and I go there quite a bit, you know, when you get on the plane, they give you a little pack. In this little pack, there's a pair of socks, there's a toothpaste, little, little toothpaste tube, it's like tiny as, you know, like that literally that big. <laughs> it's just enough for one little squeeze. <laughs> And a tiny little toothbrush. Because it's a long journey. It's like eight hours. You ever got that pack? You go somewhere, they give you something on the plane. You know, Maybe it's a little refresher. You go into the little cubicle in the plane. It's like this small. You have to like try and turn around. You wonder how I'm going to sit here. Sometimes there's a little fresher. There's some lotion there. There's some you know, um, aftershave. Whatever it is, they have little things there that you can put some lotion on and stuff like that. Some of us are on a journey especially when we have anxiety about leaving a place. You know, I remember leaving a place and turning to land, moving to a new country. I remember most recently when I was traveling from Manila to General Santos, and we were traveling, and I mentioned this before, that when I was flying into a place that had constant earthquakes. And there was anxiety in my heart. And as much as I wanted to say, God, I trust you, and I did trust him because I believe that's what he asked me to do, I still had anxiety and fear because I'm like, I don't want to die, right? Because people died. Even in our world today, when people went out to fight fires, they didn't go out planning on dying, but people died. 
When there's fear there, we often get paralyzed. And the journey sometimes causes us this thing. We leave a destination, we're like, you know what, it's struggling here, I know that I'm moving to a new country and a new place, and I'm getting on this plane, and then you're going to the same, and then you hit turbulence, right? Ever had turbulence in a plane? It's walking up and down. Sometimes people start crying, babies start crying. Sometimes I've had people like say prayers because the turbulence is that bad. Some people are freaking out. The light comes on. Put on your seatbelts, you know. And oftentimes people are under stress because they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to die right now because you know what, this plane is going up and down. And I remember going through this journey. We didn't have much turbulence, but I was sitting there and I was talking to the Lord and my tears were streaming down my face because I'm like, Lord, I'm trusting you. I believe that you're sending me to this place. I know there's earthquakes going on. I know there's people dying, but I'm trusting you, but I'm still afraid. I'm afraid what's going to happen. You know, and, and it's all this thing going on and you're sitting there and I'm sitting there and there's tears streaming down my face and you know, the air hostess comes by and you don't want to be embarrassed. You're like trying to wipe away tears when they're giving you some food. You're like, ah, I don't want anyone to see me cry. And you become a mess. Sometimes people have been messes. They're falling apart because you know, they've lost their, their left loved ones. They're going on a new journey. They left their, their husband or wife or they're going to a new country and they've left their family behind because they're moving for a better life and things like this. And people are crying on planes. People are upset on planes because sometimes that journey separates you. And you get in this mess and sometimes, you know, when you arrive at your destination, you're thinking, oh God, people out there are going to think like I'm crazy. They look like I'm a mad woman because I'm coming out with all this makeup going across my face. I don't know what's going to happen. But here's the amazing thing. They give you a little pack, right? And you have time to go refresh yourself. You go there, you brush your teeth, you know, you put some makeup on, you make yourself look good. Because when you arrive at your destination, you walk out looking pretty. What's what I'm trying to tell you? Is that sometimes the journey is messy. Sometimes when there's turbulence in there, it's like we're God. We're not sure what's happening. You're going through all this trauma. You're going through all this stress. It feels like the journey is taking you and messing you up. But God has a plan because there's a destination. And when you arrive, God's going to pretty you up. He's going to put some makeup on. He's going to get you together. He's going to get your suit right. When you come off, you're going to be looking good. Because it doesn't matter how the turbulence was and how much the plane rocked or what was going on in the journey. You were crying. You were doing all these things but when you arrive you arrive in star baby because God put you together you went into that room you put yourself together you look good you walk off that plane saying I don't know what happened on that plane but I'm on solid ground right now it might have felt like I was dying but here I'm landed and I'm fine see sometimes the journey messes with us it causes us to be stressed it causes like feel like we're falling apart. And that might be in a season because we are in limbo. We've left a place, but we haven't arrived at a place. And in that in-between time is the most stressful time. In that in-between time, you're like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what my future is going to look like. I don't know what's happening. Things are telling me this, you know, things are happening in my life. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what God's going to do here. I don't know what God's going to do there. And it looks like we're not sure what's happening. And because we feel like we're in limbo, because you're up in the middle of the air on this plane, you're bawling your eyes out for whatever reason. It's because you haven't arrived yet. 
let me tell you, there's an arrival point. There's going to be some people out there that are dying to see you. It's like God waiting at the arrival gate. He goes, I know what you went through. I know what you went through. You thought you were there by yourself, but I was there with you all the time. Who sent the little pack? Who provided you this? Who gave you that? I was with you. Who strapped you into your seat? It was me all along. And when you walk out, you walk out like there was no problem at all. <laughs> That's how you walk out, right? You walk out and you meet your friend or you meet your loved one. You're like, hey, good to see you. You look great. <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, I love you. I miss you. I look great. You walk out like everything was fine because it is fine now. But that's not who you were half an hour ago. That's not who you were an hour ago. You were a mess. I'm here to tell you that sometimes the journey messes with us. But your destination will make it all good. And Paul says there's a goal in mind. So what are you going through right now? Maybe you've got a bad report. Maybe you've got something going on. Maybe you're going through a financial crisis. Maybe you're going through a marital crisis. Maybe you're going through a health crisis. Whatever you're going through right now, it's the journey that's stressing you out. And the turbulence might be rocking your plane. And you might be feeling scared. And you want to strap yourself down because you're afraid something's going to happen on this journey. But God's got this. Because there's a goal and there's a destination in mind. And when you walk off that plane, when you arrive at your destination, you're going to strut out like the child of God that you are. Because God's got this. And sometimes we can't see. Sometimes we can't see. I'm going to close with this because it's an amazing scripture. Because sometimes we need to see beyond the natural. We need to see beyond what we see with our natural eyes. We need to see with the eyes of God. We need to see with the eyes of the Spirit. Not with just what we see. Because you see the natural tells you you're going through turbulence. The natural tells you that it's time for you to be stressed out. But you don't know how the skies are at your destination. Might be clear skies. And after this rough plane ride, I've been through many plane rides, which is rough, and the pilot lands the plane, and he lands, some of lands more spooked planes. Everyone on the plane is cheering and clapping. Because you know why? They were so glad that they're back on solid ground. And they're all smiling. They walk out with big smiles. But half an hour ago, they were praying and crying out to God like no one knows what was happening. They're holding on to each other like this is the last second of their life. But then they walk out like everything, nothing happened, I'm fine, <laughs> I'm great, I look good, I'm alright. We need to see beyond what is just happening now into the place that God has for us. There came a time where Elisha the prophet was going through a difficult circumstance. It seemed like the enemies had surrounded God's people. The Arameans had surrounded God's people. And it looked like there was no opportunity for them to win this battle. You can find the story in 2 Kings. And Elisha the prophet, you know, he's been through some turbulent times. He's been on this plane 
where it's been up and down and it looks like it's about to crash, but he's always landed and so he trusts God. He's like, you guys might be seeing this like it's a problem, but I've been on this journey before. I know this turbulence, I know this stress, I know it's like, it feels like we're falling out of the sky and my stomach's up here. That's what happens when you go through turbulence, you know. It feels like you're dropping out of the sky. So I've been on this journey before. But he had this young aide who was struggling to understand this concept. That no matter what you see is not all that you see. There's something beyond that. In 2 Kings verse 16, Elisha the prophet said to those around him, Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now what they saw was a multitude of Arameans that were surrounding them. That's what they actually saw with their physical eyes. And this man says, don't worry, the people that are with us are actually more than those that are with them. And they're looking around, they're like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all right, uh, 800, 1,020, all right, is this guy crazy? <laughs> because that's what he says, he says, the people that are with us are actually more than those that are against us. And they're looking around and they're counting because there's this host of army that's surrounding them that looks like they're about to be just slaughtered. And this guy walks out, he's like, you know, I've been on this journey before. I've arrived, you know, I've been to the plane, I'm looking good, I'm smiling. He walks out all smiley and it's like, this is great, you know. <laughs> I've arrived and they're like freaking out because they're still on the journey. And he's like, don't worry. God's got this. The ones that are with us actually more. Don't be afraid. Elisha prayed. Elisha said, God, will you elevate them to a level that they can see what I see? Will you give them some altitude? Lift them up a bit. Open up their eyes beyond what they physically see and let them see what is actually there. That's what he prayed. Lord, open their eyes, Lord, so they may see. Now, could these people actually see? Did they have eyes? They had eyes. They could physically see. They're on a battlefield. They're not blind soldiers. No one sends a blind soldier out to war. They're soldiers who can see. They're in battle. But they're not actually seeing. Because that's what he's saying. He said, Lord, open up their eyes that they may see. He's not saying, Lord, give them great 2020 vision so they can look further. He's saying, Lord, elevate them so they may see, not with their physical eyes, but with the eyes of the Spirit. He says, and the Lord opened the servant's eyes. Again, God opened their eyes, not their physical eyes, their spiritual eyes. And he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. What he looked in the natural looked like the enemy was about to defeat them. But Elisha said, stop looking with your natural eyes and look into the spiritual eyes. Use your spiritual eyes. God, open up their eyes. 
And that's my prayer for this year for us. God, open up our eyes so we may actually see that the ones that are for us are greater than those that are against us. Open up our eyes so we may see what God is doing in the midst of what it looks like. Open up our eyes so we can see because that's what God is doing. No matter what you're going through, no matter what report you've heard, no matter what negative thing has come into your life, I'm asking you this morning to pray that prayer that Elisha prayed. Lord, open up my eyes so that I may really see that you are with me. And when God is with us, who can be against us? That's who is with us, church. The God of heaven and earth who has never been defeated. The God who has done all things. The God who can do all things. Let's not forget that yes, we have a goal, but sometimes the journey distracts us and overwhelms us. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to arrive with style. Because when you get off, you're going to walk out with a smile on your face. When you get to your goal, God's going to show you that it was always there. And so let's use Elisha as an example. Let's use Paul as a principle. Let's push forward into God. Let's gravitate ourselves into His presence. Let's stamp ourselves into Him. Let's push into that mold that God has made for us so we can truly be what God has called us to be. Because those that are with us are greater than those that are against us. God is for you. God is for us. There's a future. There's a goal. There's a blessing that you haven't even begun to see yet because God hasn't opened up our eyes. But I believe, and I'm asking you to see like Elisha sees. I'm asking you to see like Paul sees because there's a future for you. There's a goal for you. There's a blessing for you. There's an anointing for you. There's a purpose for us. There's a greater destination that we haven't seen yet. And yes, the journey might have been rough. And yes, it might have encountered some turbulence. And yes, it might have been a mess. And our makeup and our hairs everywhere. And our suits and styles and our ties disheveled or whatever it may be. But we are getting ourselves together because God has given us that little refreshment pack. And that refreshment pack is the year 2020 because it's going to give us clear vision for a great future. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.